This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. your head a little bit listen to that synth pop hopefully it makes you feel better this is the raptors reaction podcast i'm o samson folk and the raptors have just lost 126 to 124 another loss 7 and 12 on the season this one very disheartening because not only did they fail to outscore what is currently the nba's worst defense in fact, I think it's, you know, by the numbers, one of the worst defenses of all time. The Sacramento Kings, obviously not a great team. They improved 8-10, and 10, and the Raptors sitting at 7-12. and 12. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow. I do think if Norm is healthy, if OG is healthy, yes, they win this game. But the Kings are not good. You know, they're a fun team. I like a lot of the players individually on the Kings. Harrison Barnes, I think, is a little bit overpaid, but there's lots of utility in his game. As you saw tonight, he was one of the best players on the floor, 26-7-5. and De'Aaron Fox is super, super fun. Rashawn Holmes, many know, is the guy I want the Raptors to try and get. I think he's a fantastic big man. Hal Burton is super, super intriguing. The Kings have a lot of really fun players. However, comma... They're still a bad team, and the Raptors should not lose to them. When you have Pascal, Fred, Kyle, all healthy, Baines not playing horrible anymore, playing, you know, just okay, very eh, but that's significantly better than it was at the start of the year. You have Watanabe, who has probably his best game as a pro, Stanley Johnson, DeAndre Bembry, both had really nice defensive stretches. You have enough there to beat these Kings, but... You don't. You let them slice you up in the half court and in transition in the first half, basically getting any shot they wanted. I think they hit, what, four or five threes in a row from the end of the first quarter into the start of the second, and every single one of them was wide open. Just a complete failure by the Raptors to, you know, march out the proper rotations here. Their guys being left open, wide open in the corner, It's not like they're hitting these difficult shots. It's not like they're running a whole bunch of actions to create these advantages. It's just a guy dribbling the ball up the floor. The Raptors are bamboozled trying to get back in transition, and they leave a guy wide open in the corner. 
fine, three guys took away the rim, but that's still not a proper allocation of your defensive resources. And you're going to give up high quality, wide open shots way more often than you like to. That was something that happened in this game. This is the Raptors have been like this for a lot of the year. Not having OG in the lineup actually makes a huge difference because you don't have to be as help conscious when OG Ananobi is on the floor because if he's on a guy and that typically means there's not going to be a breakdown coming so you can hold the shell of your defense. Not having that, not having an OG Ananobi in the vicinity, really it just allows so many more cracks to come in. And then that second side action you get from the Kings where they have quite a few tertiary creators like a Tyrese Halliburton a Harrison Barnes, a Buddy Heald. These guys can work a little bit on ball by themselves and create for others, not at a significant degree outside of Halliburton maybe, and Corey Joseph as well. But all these guys flowing in and out, attacking closeouts, attacking switches, all that kind of stuff, it leads to a situation where the Kings tee off on the Raptors from downtown, 16 of 36, 44, almost 45%. And the Raptors are playing catch up because... They need to play their defensive stoppers, Yuta Watanabe, DeAndre Bembry, Stanley Johnson. They need to play those guys to try and stop the bleeding defensively. And they're good at that. They're all good defenders, every single one of those players I named. But outside of Yuta in this game, nobody really provided offensive pop. And Yuta has struggled to provide you, you know, offensive pop in past games as well. It's just a tough line to walk for the Raptors right now. And it's hard to take positives away offensively. Like Pascal had a very good game going towards the rim. He was really, really impressive. His control on post-ops was nice. His ability to attack slow-footed bigs was really nice. He drew 14 free throws in this game. He was great. He was very good. And there was it was kind of a throwback almost to teams that relied on DeMar to kind of eat those minutes in the third quarter and just throw up like eight 12 points and keep the Raptors in it for the run they would make later on. We saw a little bit of that with Pascal, the rest of the team seeming listless, Pascal carrying the offense. And yeah, that's nice, but it is a historically bad defense that he's doing it against. So hopefully this continues, but it's hard to consider this a foothold for him to, you know, for this to be a jumping off point or anything like that. So we'll see. But in the vacuum of this game, Yes, Pascal was good offensively. He dominated the matchups he was supposed to. Probably didn't get enough of the ball later on in the game. And that was that was too bad. There was a lot of Fred on ball. And Fred, Fred was good too. So this might seem a little bit like just, you know, picking hairs. What's the term? Splitting hairs? Not picking hairs. Sheesh. I'm I'm not on my best game either. As it turns out, that might seem like splitting hairs because Fred was good too. But I typically like Pascal when he's rolling as an offensive hub better than I do Fred Van Vliet when he's rolling. I I like Fred a lot off ball, especially playing next to a guy like Siakam who's going to draw a lot of attention. Maybe they didn't think Siakam's passing was up to snuff in this one. I'm not sure. But I would have liked to see that late and thought it was a little bit underrepresented in what the Raptors were trying to do. Pascal only had two assists. Maybe they felt like we're going to keep it with Fred he rarely ever turns the ball over. He's He makes smart passes. He's going to get you open three-point shots quite often. So I understand the rationale. Personally, I would have liked to see a little bit of Pascal. Kyle was in there a little bit too. But 
he wasn't a very consistent performer on that end and even made, you know, a few boneheaded mistakes as far as like decision making with the ball that a little bit out of sorts, a little bit out of character. And that that happened in the last game, too. So it's it's something that everybody's working on, trying to get a cohesive no team plays 48 minutes, but it's been rare for the Raptors to play 24 lately. And they they have to get closer to 36, 40 minutes of good basketball because, you know, they were close at the end of this one because they decided to ratchet up the intensity for, you know, a six-minute stretch maybe. And that's great that they can get there. But in this league, when there is a shortened season and you're 7-11 and 11 already, you can't rest on your laurels. You can't turn it up, especially when you have so many players who have been inconsistent game to game. You can't rely on that push. The Raptors, they made that push a lot of times last year, but they they don't have the the roster to do it this year, and certainly not the situation. They're not afforded any mistakes, especially in a game where OG and Norm are missing. Your offensive production is going to have to come from a few more concentrated areas. And they did for the most part. But if Kyle's going to be a little bit more mistake-laden on ball, that's that's going to be a tough sell. At this point in time, I have a request to do a Danny DeVito impression for S. And uh, S, I'm very sorry, but I don't think I have that in my bag. I can do quite a few impressions, but Danny DeVito was not in my wheelhouse, unfortunately. But yeah, the Raptors... In this game against this team, you like what you saw offensively because they were less reliant on the three-point shot. I think only 32 attempts from three, way more stuff going towards the rim. Hassan Whiteside, who, you know, when he's vertical, is this huge, imposing guy who has long arms, a big body that's hard to move off his spot. But when he has to take a couple steps out and guard Pascal Siakam, he's getting picked on a little bit. And the Raptors and Rashawn Holmes, who I think is actually a very good defensive center, just got caught out a little bit more often. And the the Kings are not a good defensive team, as I've said. So the Raptors in this game do some things right, because of course they did, because every single night an NBA team does some stuff right. These are the best players in the world, but they were playing the worst defense among the best players in the world, and they didn't do enough. And defensively, they couldn't hold their own because the effort on that end was, in most cases, not good enough. And effort is one thing, you know, it's, it is lazy analysis in a lot of cases to say effort. And that's what a lot of people, you know, and too many people in the industry, quite frankly, lean back on. They say, oh, you got to have it, that, that spirit, the, the championship mentality, effort, all that kind of stuff platitudes mostly to describe something they're not eloquent enough to describe. But in this game where the Raptors are getting beat because of their transition defense, transition defense, a lot of that is mental acuity and effort to get back. You have to get back and then the mental state to look at what's happening on the floor where your teammates are and in concert with one another, find your assignments. So guys aren't just leaking out to the corner for wide open corner triples. And you know, less so in half court because there's way more pressure in that sense. Like if Darren Fox is getting a breakdown, Paul Watson is playing point of attack defense, Fox is headed downhill, let's say Kyle Lowry rotates over, Aaron Baines has to cover his spot. The makeup of this team is a little bit funky that sometimes Lowry will be rotating to the ball first under the rim and Aaron Baines might have to shoot the gap to the corner. 
that fits a lot better when it's guys like Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. And that's just what the Raptors have to figure out sometimes because there's a lot of movement on their back end. And, you know, quite often they're not in a position to make good, solid rotations. And if they do, then you have to protect against the pass that's coming against the rotation that you're making. And you have to move together, as I said, in concert. That's what good defenses do. A lot of defenses simplify things and stay in their shell. The Raptors are going to move a lot, so they have to be very smart, and they have to pay attention to detail, and they have to move a lot. That's why Yuta Watanabe has fit in so well, because his motion defensively is, at the same time, energetic, but also under control. And you have to find that. And not everybody's finding that at the same time. That opens up weak, weak spots in every possession. And sometimes they lock down for, you know, a three, four minute stretch. But you need more during the game. You just need to limit those mistakes. And the Raptors have not been able to do that at a high enough level. That's why they lost this game. The Kings aren't world beaters offensively. They're like ninth, 11th around there. They, they have a lot of players who can put the ball in the hoop. But the Raptors, as we know, have enough defensive players that they should be able to cobble together some level of defense. Fred VanVleet was excellent in this game. That's He's a fantastic point-of-attack defender, and he's so good at digging down on bigs. Pascal Siakam, despite the good offensive game, was a little bit underwhelming defensively. You just need guys like Lowry, VanVleet, Siakam, Baines in this one too, right? You need all those guys to play an important piece of this game. Terrence Davis, I mean, he started the game this one. We are all well aware of his defensive shortcomings, foul-prone, mistake-prone. And, you know, I think a lot of people notice the point-of-attack defense as, for any player, the worst mistake you can make, the blow-by. But that's not true. Defense is way more important in a team concept. You can play good defense with guys who allow blow-bys as long as the rotation and the recovery is there. The Raptors have done this for a long time. They had good defenses with DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan is not, <laughs> I mean, he's he is not good at the point of attack. Terrence Davis, maybe the best thing he does defensively is energetic point of attack defense because he is very, very foul prone when he's rotating on closeouts, trying to recover, all that kind of stuff. Fouls a lot. His screen navigation leaves a lot to be desired as well. And I suppose that that fits into point of attack. But offensively, he provides more offensive punch than Bembry, than Johnson, than Watanabe. Is it to the point where I think he should be getting more minutes than those guys? No, I don't think so. I mean, he started in this game. The Raptors are going to start who they want to start, of course. They have their reasons. But I think, as was evident at how this game closed out, Bembry, Johnson... Watanabe, and especially Bembry in this one, right? Bembry's court coverage was really, really impressive. And his on-ball defense, despite that somewhat bailout foul on Fox late late on in the game, he, he was good defensively. I thought he was dynamite. And he doesn't hurt you as much offensively as I think Terrence Davis might hurt you defensively. But of course, you can catch a Terrence Davis heater game and he can get to, you know, between 18 and 24 points really quick if that shot is going down, if he's finding room for himself off ball. That just hasn't really been the case that much this season. 
And he's actually been really, you know, mistake prone with the ball in his hands too. Lots of turnovers. His turnover percentage is up. He's fouling more than last year too. So the Raptors probably have to look at not using him in the rotation as often. Try and lean a little bit more on OG Ananobi when he's back. Continue to try and tease corner jumpers out of Yuta Watanabe, DeAndre Bembry as well. And, you know, embrace that defensive identity that this team clearly needs to embrace because until the roster imbalance is addressed, this team is not going to be what they expected to be prior to this season. At this point, it's just not going to happen. The Aaron Baines, who you know had a really great start to the season with the Phoenix Suns, is not the Aaron Baines you're getting. He's not going to open up so much space for your scores through the screening. He's not going to pick and pop at the same level because he was a really good pick and pop player last year. And he's not going to be able to seal coming downhill because he's lost a bit of a step both offensively and defensively. You're just not going to be able to attain the type of team you were trying to prior to the season. Adjust, find that new identity. And Terrence Davis, I don't think helps you achieve it. So I think Stanley Johnson, Yuta Watanabe, DeAndre Bembry, this was a big game for them in what they showed, especially at the the end, the energy, the defensive court mapping. Very, very good. Love to see it from all of them, and especially Watanabe and Bembry. They got close at the end, and there was a, a tech called on Kyle Lowry. Well, the second one, of course. It is rare to see a game kind of iced by a technical foul. And the Raptors probably don't win that game anyway, right? I, I don't think they win that game, even if he doesn't get that technical foul. But there's a bit of drama that comes with it because it's not often that a technical foul is called at that point in the game. It's very, very rare. Kyle talks to the refs a lot. This is something he acknowledges. This is something everybody around the Raptors acknowledges. And he's known, and refs know this. Nick Nurse said that he asked the referee why she called the technical foul on him. She said that Kyle said that, said something that she couldn't let go by. Okay. And she wouldn't tell Nick Nurse. Kyle, in his media availability, said that he didn't say anything of that nature. She was the only one who heard it, and he disagrees with the call. So it's probably likely that we'll see if, you know, these these things are investigated. They'll ask Kyle about it. They'll ask the referee about it tomorrow. Whenever you're listening to this, maybe it's today for you. We could see this technical foul rescinded, or we could see it upheld. It remains to be seen. Kyle does have a history of talking to refs. He also, you know, referees typically don't make that call. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Sometimes referees are a little bit in their feelings and want to make, you know, a point against a player that maybe sets a precedent for the rest of the game or future games. It it could be something like that, or it could be exactly as she said, that Kyle said something that was way over the line. I I have no info outside of what the two parties said, and that's that's what they've both been quoted as saying. As it currently stands, though, the Raptors come up short. A Fred Van Vliet three kind of beats the buzzer at the end there. They lose by two. And yeah, seven and 12. Not a great look. What is a great look, though, was the Yuta Watanabe game. That was probably the facet of the game that I enjoyed most. Although it is nice to see Pascal, you know, break out a couple spin moves, up and unders and stuff like that in the post. It's really nice. And, 
you know, beat guys baseline or beat them off the dribble and draw fouls. But Yuta Watanabe, Reggie Evans Award, I just think he works so hard on the defensive end every single game. He'll be in in the mix to win this award every time he plays extended minutes just because of how he works. And he is a really big plus on the boards, offensive and defensive. There are a few possessions late in the game where Udo was the guy tapping the ball out or, you know, actually grabbing the orange and just squeezing it and bring the ball down. You're like, holy hell, this guy's giving you extra possessions. And yeah, Yuta, Reggie Evans Award, good for you, man. The top quick reaction comment is from FunkyCat33. I hope you're a fan of the, the intro <laughs> to the podcast then. Quote, if anything, the game just highlighted why we can't afford to trade OG or Norm like the casuals are calling for. They're extremely important on both sides of the court and it shows, end quote. Agree for the most part, if Norm's going to keep playing as he was playing prior to this little setback, this little injury, then yes, he's a major plus. He provides the Raptors with offense that they can't really get anywhere else out on the roster. You know, the guys who are supposed to be providing offense like Kyle, Pascal, and OG and Fred are doing it at at least some degree. And guys like Yuda and Stanley and DeAndre are never going to be able to score the ball like Norm does. Both sides of the court, Norm is not a good defender. I It's important that people know that. Norm is not a good defender and hasn't been for about three years. He, he's not a good defender. He makes a lot of mistakes rotationally. And as far as one-on-one, he is not the guy he used to be or off ball. That is how he kind of came up, but he has not been a good defender for quite some time. But as you say, you know, the offensive side of the court, Norm is really important. If anybody is saying to trade OG, I just wouldn't want to hear that because if you're thinking of trading OG and Anobi, the package that's coming back has to be like a considerable <laughs> amount of, you know, draft assets or good players or whatever. So, and most teams aren't in a position to do that. So I don't even know what the market would be. I haven't even seen people suggest we trade OG. So yeah, if you see someone discussing an OG trade, uh, I don't know, don't hit them because that's wrong. But metaphorically, slap them across the face with knowledge, I suppose. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's they're very important to the team, of course. Thanks for tuning in, though. Thanks for writing that comment. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, you're out of here. I'm out of here. This has been the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Have a blessed day and... Goodbye.